You are listening to the MJ Sportscast. Recapping the latest games, getting you up to date on the latest sports news, and providing our exciting Bay Area picks. This is the MJ Sportscast with your hosts, Mike Tang and Jerry Yang. Welcome back, everyone, to the MJ Sportscast, a delayed MLB season edition here of the show. This is Mike Tang. I'm with Jerry. Jerry, how are you doing today? Doing good. You know, just a little disappointed, like what you talked about with MLB and, you know, missing opening day. So it seems like every single day that doesn't go by is another game that's going to be missed in the regular season. And it seems like the pre-arbitration pool is the biggest uh, blocker at this point. You know, league wants only 30 players to get that pre-arbitration pool money, while, you know, the players union wants 150 players. So that's a huge, huge discrepancy. And, you know, they met for 16 hours yesterday. Did you hear about that? And they still couldn't make it work? Like, come on. Yeah, they met until about 1 a.m. last oh night God. here. Uh-huh. And another issue that I've been hearing is that um, the league wants a 14-team playoff, while the union wants more of a 12-team um, playoff yeah. system um, here. And I know we talked about it in a previous episode, why the, the union wants like a, wants less teams, because then, you know, owners and teams, they'll be less – inclined to you know pay their players to get into the playoffs so if you push it to a 14 team league um there that's almost you know that's almost half the league making the playoffs when you think about it yeah so i understand where the union's coming from um it's very difficult you know um i think the people that hurt the most are like the broadcasters um you know people who write articles for a living um here um those guys are the are the ones who will be, you know, suffering in the beginning of this season. Well, also the concession people, like don't forget the, all the people that operate the stadium, right? Like they've already had a year off because of COVID, you know, like, or not a year off, but a reduced schedule because of COVID last year, fortunately they had like full season, but not every stadium in the beginning were full. So they probably suffered revenue from that. And, and salary income from those concession workers. You know, I think those are the people that really, really take a big hit financially. Um, so hopefully the league can work something out. But yeah, the expansion of the playoffs, it's kind of happening across all the sports we're seeing, right? Like the NBA expanded with that, you know, the last two seeds being kind of a tournament to get in. And mm-hmm. we just saw the NFL, they increased with another playoff team as well. So it seems like that's a trend in trying to generate revenue. And, you know, <laughs> with the MLB season being so long, I can understand how some teams don't want that. And also it makes the regular season less meaningful. Right, if you have so many postseason teams, so I'm kind of with the team in some ways on this, um, more so than players. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I think I lean more towards what the players are favoring um, here, just because of what I just mentioned in the beginning of the show. How you know now teams will be less inclined, 
you know, to give raises, to to trade for players midseason um, here. You know, if, if if they have a high chance of making the playoffs, what's the incentive of teams to stock up the roster, right, or give raises, you know, to players here? So I I like the player side. Um, I can see where the owners are coming from, too. They, they want to build that revenue stream in the postseason um, here. So I think they have a lot of ch- challenges, you know, in the next few days if they really want to – um, stop this this strike. So it's going to be very interesting to watch. So do you think they'll come to an agreement, or are you kind of in my boat where I feel like we're going to miss more than half the season? I feel like <laughs> I don't think you'll reach half a season there. I'll be surprised if they reach a quarter to a third of the season, but mm-hmm. you can expect maybe ten to twenty games at least, right? At this point, yeah. Well, every day, every day of delays is another game, so. In that case, is maybe they might work something out in two weeks is what you're projecting, huh? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, the fact that they met for a long time last night is a good sign um, here. And in the grand scheme of things, a few games and missing opening day, it's not that big of a deal, right? If you can get like, I don't know, if you can get maybe 150, 140 games into the season, um, there mm-hmm. you can still salvage this. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So we'll see. Let's just stay tuned and hopefully hope for the best. Yeah. So do you want to talk about some NFL stuff or some NBA stuff here? Uh, no, let's it's go NFL. For the end of... Go ahead. Let's go, let's go NFL. I think that will be NFL. I think off-season news is heating up and, you know, NBA is a little depressing with the Warriors right now. So maybe let's start off uh, with some off-season news and go from there. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about it here. You know, our, uh, our George Kittle here, you know, he's been kind of rumored on social media, mainly by one guy in, on Twitter, Grant Cohn, saying that the 49ers should consider trading George Kittle um, here. He named a, a bunch of reasons, about, what, 10 reasons or so here. He gave some legitimate stuff that we definitely considered. What are your thoughts about, you know, trading a guy like George Kittle? Because from what I've seen here, you know, George Kittle hasn't really produced like a top two or even like a top tight end. And, you know, he's being paid to score touchdowns to, to gather up yards um, here. And he's mainly being used as a blocker the past year or two. There's also injury concerns um, with him as well. He hasn't been on the field um, as much. So what are your thoughts about training George Kittle this offseason? I think the risk is what you identified just now, right? It's obviously an injury risk. It's obviously a risk of production from the receiving position. But I think overall, he's a solid player. I think the intangibles are the leadership skills, you know, being able to raise up that locker room from being able to have the best, you know, tight end option. And there's not a lot of good tight ends out there, right? Like I think Mark Andrews, Kelsey, um, Pitts is probably the top three guys that will be in the mix, but I think Kittle's up there. You know, I think you can make an argument for any of the four tight ends that I named, but after that, I think it's a very steep drop off. And I think with Kyle Shanahan's scheme, having tight ends that can block and be able to catch is going to be crucial. You know, and I think the injury risk is going to be every single player. <laughs> you know, like you talk about injury risk, your Debo Samuels is an injury risk right like the way he plays hard you might lose him 
you know, you might lose him midseason, then you're going to be without a number one option unless a Uke really steps up, you know. So I think to be good in this league, you really need three options, receiving options. And we saw that with the Bengals, right? The Bengals had Tyler Boyd, Higgins, and Chase. You know, a lot of people didn't think they would draft Jamar Chase, but they did because I think you need three solid weapons to get get through a season and be very competitive, right? So, you know, I think Kittle's a big part of that. Um, three seasons. So I, I'm, I'm pro him staying. Um, I do understand the argument, though. Like, a lot of people think we can probably get, like, a first-round pick out of him, which I think is very um, optimistic, you know, to trade a tight end for a first-round pick. Uh, I just don't think that's realistic. So you're looking at maybe a second-round pick. Um, at that point, you might as well just keep him, you know. And I think there's also some salary um, cap hit issues to consider if you do trade him. Right, because I think the team is not gonna whoever you trade it for is not gonna want to absorb the full contract. So potentially you might be paying some of that um as a joint yeah. thing for, for this trade. So I know you're kind of for this trade, right? So what are your thoughts on this, uh on the opposing side of you? <laughs> no, I'm actually not for the trade or very against it. I could just I can just see the logic behind Grant's article. And his reasonings behind it here but i think kittle is just way too valuable um to be dealt here and i think with um with the addition of trey lance as a starter i think kittle can you know start racking up some yards just because i think he'll have a better quarterback behind center for the next few years as well he didn't really have a lot of opportunities on there there were a lot of overthrows um, during the regular season, um, Kittle could have gotten a few more touchdowns too. So I think with Trey Lance being out there, with Kyle hope, hoping to be more confident, opening up the playbook um, too. And also you can't really underestimate Kittle's value as a blocker um, as well. It's something that we don't really see you know, on TV, but I'm sure people see it you know, on the game tape and everything as well. So I think keeping Kittle is fine. You really will need him in addition to Debo Samuel because Debo is an injury-prone threat as well, right? And we can't really count on Ayuk to be like the pure second option on this next season. Yeah, absolutely agree, right? So I think it's kind of uh, off-season talk really is what it is. You know, <laughs> I think Grant is trying to stir up a little bit of rumors, a lot, some interest, right? Like the fact that we're talking about it, I think was really as cool, yeah. you know? So I... Yeah, so I don't know. I think we're keeping Kittle. There's no way we're going to lose him. <laughs> yeah, and speaking we'll of Jimmy Garoppolo here, you know, um, it looks like he's going to undergo some shoulder surgery um, that will, you know, keep him out until the summertime. From what I'm hearing, that's not really going to affect um, his trade value um, this offseason. But, you know, we heard a lot about the hand or the thumb during the playoffs. We didn't hear too much about the shoulder. So it looks like he's been battling some, um, self, you know, major injuries um, on that right side of his body um, there, which, you know, it makes it kind of admirable that he that he even played, to be honest with you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jimmy G and, and what his value will be this offseason? Yeah, I think the shoulder injury came with the Dallas game in the playoffs. 
Um, so I remember that was reported, but the, obviously the team downplayed that injury. <laughs> so um, yeah, like like what Schefter said, I don't think his trade status will be impacted. He'll probably be traded this month. I think the 16th is officially when teams can start trading. Um, so we'll probably know more before then. Um, the combine actually started. I think the, the, today was the first day of the combine, the NFL combine. And what's interesting is that Lynch and the scouting team are going there this time, and Kyle and the coaches aren't. I think last year they went because they were trying to draft a quarterback. <laughs> so I think Kyle really wanted to handpick the quarterback. Um, so that's why he was there on site. But this year he's not which I found kind of interesting. So it makes me kind of wonder if uh, we're going to go defense heavy this draft, you know, try to get some late round secondary guys or early round secondary guys rather. And maybe through yeah. the trade, get some, some decent help there and maybe some offensive linemen, but I don't see any skill positions being picked up. You know, it's kind of a deeper draft for secondary and offensive line this season. So I, I suspect those are the two we're targeting. And so maybe that's why Kyle's not going, but yeah, I still think Jimmy's going to be traded. I think his cap room hit is too overwhelming, <laughs> you know, 25 mil when the team actually is minus four mil in the cap, even without re-signing some guys. So that they definitely need the space this season. I, I suspect guys like Armstead is probably gonna restructure their contracts, maybe even D Ford mm-hmm. to free up some room to keep this keep this uh momentum going, right? And and you know, having a twenty-five mil hit is gonna be hard. You know, that's why I think all the rumors with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers coming are a little bit far-fetched because we don't even have money to pay for Jimmy G's contract. And those guys are probably going to get paid more, right? So I don't think it's reasonable to think that they're coming here. Yeah, completely agree on on all your uh, all your assessments there. You know, the NFL Combine seems like a bore fest in terms of viewership what do you think running like as fast as they can and stopping <laughs> but i'm just saying like how can we make it a little bit more entertaining you know for the viewer yeah. right and maybe even make it a little bit more fun um for the players attending the combine right and i was thinking okay well maybe they should make it a little bit more competitive in which maybe you assign i don't know some nfl medals you know for for some of these accomplishments um, here, just to kind of make it a little bit more fun, make it more of an event, you know, would it as be opposed a monetary to it. value, you think, with those medals, you know, like first place gets a million, second place get 500K, third place get 250K or something like that. Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> oh, you can make it kind of like how the Olympics does it with gold, silver, and bronze, right? And then yeah. you find a way to designate that value after the Olympics is over. Well, that's what I'm wondering. So, you, I think if you put a cash incentive, then yeah, I think that would happen. <laughs> you know? Then you'll see guys get really competitive out there. But I think you really have to yeah. structure rules around it because people are going to think it's unfair if you reward the wrong guy in first place or whatever. You know? There has to be True. certain metrics and stats, um, especially if it's an event that can't be measured. You know, like... <laughs> um, there's potentially something like that that that's gonna get really really tricky I think but yeah I agree with you that'll be that's a really interesting idea you know like being able to to uh, mix it up a little bit because uh, like you said it's a bore fest right now I can't even 
you know, I think last year I actually watched more than previous years because I wanted to see some of the quarterback play, you know, some of the up-and-coming quarterbacks like even Trevor Lawrence or Mac Jones or Trey Lance, like how they did, you know, inside the combine. I actually watched a lot of those clips, but it was clips. You know, I wasn't watching the full thing. I can't imagine staying around watching the whole whole event and being entertained, you know, so I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. There needs to be something there if they want. Yeah, I think so. I think I think they're missing out on entertainment value there and just kind of um, dedicating this stuff to the characters and their background, just like how other sports, you know, programs do it too, right? You fall in love with the characters more than anything. So <laughs> I don't know. I think it's something in the future that they should consider um, here, but that's something I mean, that other sports don't really design. do it though, right? You don't even have like other sports like NBA. I think the NBA is really just like uh, what the high, the was it the Rising Stars high school game is what they the only thing you see that they evaluate on. Um, Summer League, I guess, is mm-hmm. where you see it. Um, baseball is what Arizona when they go to, do they do some type of training camp? I think there, but yeah, yeah baseball they don't really have a competitive thing. You know, in the preseason, it's it's tough, right? Uh, everyone's just trying to get up to speed um, for six weeks um, here, more than anything. Yeah, what do you, you think of this about having a, I think they kind of do it already, which is like the college, like all-star game or something like that. But what do you think about putting some of the top, you know, draft potentials doing like kind of a draft, right? Like having the top coaches draft some of these players and then do one one football game highlighting some of these guys i know it's kind of an injury risk that could happen but but still maybe that could add some intrigue you know you can see these guys in action with some of the best best up-and-coming rookies you You mean kind of like how team lebron and team durant you know they are selecting their own all-stars within the pool yeah i think that would be pretty cool uh, but I don't know if it would have the appeal as at the NBA, right? And if people will even watch, right? So, yeah, it's, it's certainly great ideas, you know. Um, I'm, I hope the other leagues are listening to us <laughs> and taking some notes. <laughs> well, viewers, what do you guys think? Drop us a comment. What do, you, what do you guys think? Do you think the combine is interesting or is it um, a bore fest like we think it is? <laughs> Yeah, yeah so the Niners, uh, their running back coach, um, Bobby Turner, who's been with the team for quite a while now, has left the coaching staff here. Do you think someone like Frank Gore, for example, will come in and take on that role? Is that something that he wants to do? I don't know, man. <laughs> I thought that was a really interesting proposal, though, right? <laughs> to get Frank Gore back. <laughs> you know, they... Um... I think, what was it, Tom Rathman was the former running backs coach during the hardball era, and he was a, I think, a fullback, right, during the um, 80s um, Niners era, where the Niners were pretty good back then, you know, and I think passing the torch from uh, a player to another player, maybe Frank Gore is the best option there. I just don't know if he wants to do it, you know. I know he had some prospects of, becoming a boxer but he lost pretty badly in his one boxing match <laughs> so maybe he's giving up that dream and this is a good option for him but i personally would love to see him in that role you know or any former running back um 
come in and play that role. And I think it's a it's a underrated position in some ways, right? Because you're you're actually there's a lot more to think about in a running back position than most people think. A lot of people think you just run here's a ball and run straight, right? But I think there's a lot of uh, you know seeing the holes and being able to uh, make pro moves that you don't think about, and maybe even learning the catch. You know, like a guy like Jarek McKinnon was a good catcher. That's why he came to our team, right? And then now you're seeing it with KC, where he's he's doing pretty good in that position. So maybe Gore or some other running back um, that had that experience can can teach some of the younger guys to do that. So I think that will make anybody more valuable, you know. So, but yeah, our our uh, running back uh, roster is looking pretty good though. Like if we get Mostert back, you know, Elijah Mitchell, Mostert, Trey Sherman, you know, so. It's it's looking pretty deep there, you know. With Hasty and Jeff Wilson, probably one of those guys will go. You know, I'm thinking Hasty. I think it's pretty good. safe to say we're not going to draft the running back this off season, right? I don't think so. I mean, we drafted two last season, <laughs> so I'll be really surprised if they draft another person. But who knows? You know, if there's a good deal out there in the late rounds. I think uh, Shanahan might, might do it again. <laughs> Who knows? You know? Yeah. I mean, that's a position that he doesn't mind having depth, right? Because he knows that um, running backs can get injured pretty easily. So it's, it's good to have a pretty deep bench there. Yeah. Um, just because Frank Gore was a great player doesn't mean that he's necessarily going to be a great teacher or a great coach, right? And some people, you know, they rather just play rather than be on the other side, you know, of the field. So I'm not sure where what Frank Gore's mind is at um, here, but I wouldn't be surprised if he just wants to take a step back because I know he also has a son that plays football as well here, and he probably wants to enjoy, you know, watching that too. So uh, uh, Frank Gore yeah. Jr. <laughs> yep. Let's move on to the NBA here. Uh, the Warriors, you know, have been scuffling a little bit. You know, they won their first game back from the All-Star break. But they had a huge lead against the Mavericks at home in the fourth quarter um, here. You know, the Mavs went on a 23-1 to run in the fourth. They ended up losing the game uh, by oh. six points in the fourth <laughs> quarter here. Is it time to panic, Jerry? Is it time? <laughs> Is it? I mean, I'm asking you. I was panicking a little bit. <laughs> the fourth quarter was such a disaster, you know. Like, oh, I don't know. I I think without Draymond there, without Iguodala there, and also without Clay there, Clay missed that game too, right? They're just a different team. I think Jordan Poole was looking not as great. <laughs> Steve Kerr didn't call timeouts at the right time. Curry seemed really burnt out and was being cold down that stretch, you know? So it was it was not looking good, but I think Draymond and uh, Wiseman practiced on Saturday. So hopefully we get some help and reinforcements. But I think the team at its current state without Clay there um, really hurts, right? Really suffers with all those guys there. So a um, little bit panic, but knowing that, hey, there might be help coming, it's going to be good, you know, so... Um, we have a yeah, comment from what real quick. So the drills of the combine are fun, but I don't need to see a lineman running the 40. I, I, I absolutely agree. I think that was the part that's super boring. You know? <laughs> see mm-hmm. lineman run, run the 40, um, maybe the top prospects, but then again, top prospects are linemen this year. So, 
All right, go ahead, Mike. Sorry about that. So yeah, just to recap again about that Mavs game here. Um, you know, they had Curry sitting on the bench for quite a while during that twenty-three to one run by the Mavs as well. And like you mentioned, no Draymond, no Clay, and then the Warriors really had a tough time making shots, making three pointers. Um, here they were missing quite a lot of threes, and they they gave up quite a few threes to the Mavs too. Um, mm-hmm. There, so if you're if you're not hitting your shots, and then you start giving those shots away on the other end of the court, you know you're going to start losing some games um, here. So the Warriors they really need to find a way to kind of make that corner three, and then they also need to find a way to defend it too, because they were making some pretty huge mistakes, especially Wiggins and some of the guards um, there. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, it was pretty it was pretty awful to watch, to be honest with you. It was demoralizing, right? Like seeing them drop that lead. Um, they gave up a 17 point lead. You know, I think that was why Curry wasn't in there because they had such a long, big lead that you think you wouldn't need Curry. You know, you want to limit his minutes, but then you end up losing the game. That's that's pretty bad, right? So hopefully this trend won't continue. Um, they came out strong um, after the All Star break, uh, destroying the Blazers. So I thought that was like a pretty solid game. And you thought they were out of the funk then. And early in this game, you thought they were out of the funk too, right? They were like, okay, this team is finally, you know, now that the all-star break is done, they can start clicking, start moving down. And then all of a sudden this last game happened, you know, <laughs> or the last quarter happened rather. And then now I don't know. You know, I was lost for words after that. <laughs> yeah. So let's kind of – um let's kind of refer to a quote by Chris Russo, AKA the mad dog um, here. And he mentioned this on a talk show here, but his, his quote is saying, quote, I'll say this about Curry, win a championship without Durant. The one you won, Kyrie and Love didn't play and you almost blew it with Iguodala as MVP. Go out there this year and win one without Durant. What do you think that message really, um, what do you what do you think it really delivers in terms of Curry's legacy, you know, with the team and and what it what it says about some of his championships won? Well, I hope that quote lights a fire under Curry, right? And, I mean, we saw in the All Star game like what happens if you challenge Curry, right? <laughs> he goes off and lights you up and has a terrific game, but. You know, hopefully this quote will make him have a terrific season, become the league MVP. But I think there's a lot of truth to that. Because all the championships we've won, we've won despite Curry getting kind of cold near the end. You know, I don't remember a game where Curry really saved the day. You know, I think he did well throughout the whole series, but there was times where um, there was guys that maybe doubled him up or guys that was affecting his shot early in the series and then later in the series he figured it out and was able to you know go beast mode or human torch mode on the guy but then you never see him in like a game seven or like a series closing game where he goes off right like a lot of times you see clay doing that or durant doing it and yeah i mean Iguodala did it for the finals and that's why he won mvp so i think there's some truth to what you said but if anything i hope this is motivating for him 
for Curry to actually get it done. So we'll see. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? That was that's a pretty bold, big statement, right? From <laughs> from Mad Dog there. So. Yeah, I mean, as fans, we can kind of forget about the past, but if you do remember, Kyrie and Love were out with injuries, so it was basically LeBron and a bunch of role players um, there, and, and we we also forget. I think LeBron took a two-one lead in that series. There yeah. was averaging a triple double for this series, and almost single-handedly took this game took this series to Game Seven by himself. So. There was some truth, and then the next year as well, blowing a three-one lead against that same Cavs team, yep. um, you know, with Love and Kyrie healthy on there, that doesn't really help Curry's narrative, and also the fact that Curry hasn't won at Finals MVP yet, too. Um, out of how many tries he he's been to the finals five tries, right? Five times, yeah. yeah, three, and he's won the he's won the finals three times, and he hasn't sniffed a finals mvp any of those any of those trips so that's something that's missing from curry's resume um here and he's just gonna have to prove all of us wrong you know if he wants to be one of the best because you know espn they had a top 10 of all time basketball players and curry wasn't even on the list right um, you had LeBron up there. You had Duncan in there as some of their modern players. You have Kobe as number 10, Shaq, um, but no Curry. So, you know, if he wants to really crack that top 10, top five, he will probably have to win a couple more championships and maybe a finals MVP to boot. And then is, uh, was number one MJ? I guess MJ was number one, right? <laughs> of all yeah, time. Jordan was number one there. Yeah, I think Jordan's one of the few finals MVP, right? <laughs> Almost every time they went, he's won, you know? So it goes to show the different level of him. I know the positions are different too, though. So to be mm -hmm. fair to Curry, that, that's a hard comparison, right? You can't compare yourself to Jordan. But yeah, I agree with you. He should be a top head of all time player, right? I think he, he, he has a chance to do it. And... He just needs more championships, like you said, and also ones where, where he's carrying the team, especially through a playoff run. I just don't see him really carrying the whole team in the playoff run, besides the last one, ironically, right? Because obviously he was the only one there to do that, um, but you know they didn't get far. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think uh, the rest of the season will be yeah. pretty telling. And then in the playoffs too. I'm assuming we're gonna make the playoffs, right? It's just gonna be what seed we're gonna be in. But if Curry starts getting cold in the playoffs, I think the narrative of what Mad Dog said is gonna gonna really play through. Yeah, I mean everything's gotta be clicking for this team if they want to advance, right? They need Clay back health. Well, they need Clay back at full strength. They need Draymond back, you know, playing at a high level. And I'm thinking they're probably going to need Wiseman at some point in the playoffs as well um, here because you really can't count on Wiggins to be that second option on there. You saw him disappear against that against the Mavs um, this past mm -hmm. week here. Um, he just did, basically didn't do anything um, during the yeah. fourth quarter as the second, as the primary second option. Um, so we need to be at full strength, you know, and hopefully we can be at that level in two weeks or so. Yeah, I think Jordan Poole's gone cold lately too. You know, once Clay Thompson came back, I think he's trying to find his role, 
You know, I don't think he knows how he stands now with the rest of the team now that Clay is there. He he's trying to figure it out, right? You can tell he's a young guy trying to figure out where he belongs and hopefully he gets there sooner than later because I think we're gonna need pool as well. So so we'll see. Yep. All right, let's move to the picks of the week. All right, the picks of the week. Um, we have one tonight. The Warriors are playing at Minnesota against the T-Wolves. Clay Thompson's still out, so it's not an injury, fortunately. I think he's out because he has a cold, non-COVID-related illness. Um, so he's going to be out, I think, a couple days. So the spread's pretty thin. Uh, the spread is the Warriors minus one and a half now. Um, so what do you think? Uh, the over-under is 232.5. So what do you have, Mike? Gosh, every time I look at some of this stuff and I'm going to pick against, you know, my team here, I always think of John Jay from the 49ers Ultimate Report saying he never he never does these things, you know, because you don't want to pick against your own team. But I'm going to pick against the Warriors here, you know. I just think they're going to have a little bit of a hangover from the last game. Um, Thompson's out um, here. I'm just not sure what kind of Wiggins will show up, even against his former team. Um, they're playing on the road. No dream on, no Iguodala. There's what's up, G. He walks on a back to back. Take the Warriors minus three. You know, that's a good point, too. Um, here, but gosh, that line at one and a half is pretty low. So I'm gonna pick the yeah, T Wolves do. here. I think they're gonna win this game for some reason, but deep inside, really want the Warriors to pull this out. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the back-to-back is a big point, right? It was minus three when it first opened. It actually moved to minus one and a half, which means a lot of people are actually taking the T-Wolves, right? If the line moves in favor of the Warriors, that means there's not a lot of action on the Warriors. Um, but, man, you know what? I'm sticking with our team. <laughs> the Warriors minus one and a half sounds good to me, and mainly because they rarely lose back-to-back games. Um, and I think they were kind of embarrassed by that fourth quarter. So at the Curry, and even Draymond in the locker room probably lit him up, you know, saying, hey, what is up with that? Wake up, all this stuff, you know. So, and you know, T-Wolves, I don't think have, like, as much talent as the Warriors. I know they got better this season, obviously, um, yeah. with some of the draft picks that they um, acquired, right? So so they're obviously better with Cat and all these other guys. So, but yeah, I'm still gonna stick with the Warriors. I know it's a tough road game, right? At minus one and a half. Um, it's not gonna be like obviously it's gonna be really close. I think that's why the spreads one and a half. Oh, you, did you pick the over under? I forgot to ask you, right? The over under. I didn't pick over under, but I'm gonna pick the under at two thirty two point five here. What okay. about you? It'll be low scoring. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll go with the over. You know, it's always risky with these games where it's over. <laughs> but something is really suspect about that over-under. You know, I think it should be lower. It sounds like a trap a little bit. Because 232 is pretty high. It's pretty the average, high, yeah. Average game is actually around 220. You know, but for some reason, this line stuck pretty firm around 232, 232.5. So I'm going to go with the over. There must be something we don't know that <laughs> Vegas knows. <laughs> So I think the over, the, the over to me looks more appealing than the under. So I'll stick with the over here. All right. All right, man. So thank you to What's Up G for the comments, you know, on YouTube. Thank you for subscribing to our YouTube channel. 
So I know some people are watching us from uh, Twitch right now and Facebook. So please move on to YouTube, give us the subscribes and the likes there. I think that will help us a lot. Yeah. Are, are you excited we're back on YouTube? <laughs> yeah, the major platform. So, you know, the any any chance that we can, you know, have more um, viewership and exposure, you know, th um, throughout different platforms, it's always it's always nice. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up this week's episode here. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll tune in next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to the MJ Sportscast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the MJ Sportscast at Mike408 at MindOfJerry11. Tune in next week for another exciting episode.